Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting experts straight talk in your ear. These podcasts deliver great interviews with industry leaders and Zweig Group's three decades of invaluable research, leadership, management, marketing, client, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts let you develop personally and professionally, wherever you are. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. Today, I am here with none other than Mark Zweig, the founder and chairman of Zweig Group. And Mark, I can't believe it's been 30 years since you started this organization. And uh, I mean, you don't look a day over 30, but. Uh, <laughs> but Randy, you, you are slightly full of it today. <laughs> no, no. But in all seriousness, I mean, I, I you know, I, I remember I joined the firm uh, about uh, eight years into its its. Um, at start. And I can't believe it was a good time. It then. was a good time. <laughs> I can't believe it's been 30 years. So, um, I wish I yeah. could say I, I had been a part of it the whole time, but of course we all know that there was a, there was a low period there. So, which we won't talk about, but, uh, that was uh, after acquisition. So it had nothing to do with you and everything to do with malfeasance and just bad operations. So, you know, but, uh, we're back that's, in, that's how those things go. Sometimes they, they say that's the, you know, the classic story, you sell your business and the next people just run it into the ground. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. we recovered. We, we're, we're better today. Oh, my God. We, we certainly yeah. are. And uh, we'll actually talk about it. Um, uh, I, there's a there's an episode that I want to talk with you about that and about the importance of kind of climbing back out of the uh, – the muck and the mire and, and, you know, getting back on top again, which, which any organization can do if they, if they plan properly. So, uh, I think it's really important, but today, uh, we want to talk about, uh, an article that you wrote in the Zweig letter recently. It was back, um, on February 5th. Uh, it was called presentations that win the job. And I think it's important for people to understand that, you know, it's one thing to get the client. It's a whole nother thing, um, to, to really, uh, work your way to get your foot in the door and make sure you put your best foot forward when it comes to presenting your vision for, you know, what the client is asking for. And I think a lot of people don't, um, take the time necessary to put together a, an outstanding presentation, 
that um, that really will set them apart from the competition. And so in that article, you actually talked about a couple of things that firms can do really simply do to effectively give themselves the best chance of landing a project. And so I wanted to talk with you today a little bit about that and some of the some of the the items that you thought were, were of utmost importance when it comes to um putting together a uh, a winning project. And and as you said um um that when you come close to something uh, that only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, but you, but you, you have to have heard that one before, haven't you? I have heard it before. Okay. I have heard it before. Well, so, uh, but I just thought when I first read that, I was true, like, though. yeah, I, when I first read that, I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is funny. So, but you know, you, you kind of start and kind of go right down the list of things that a firm would do. And I encourage anyone listening today to, you know, grab a pen and paper because there's some really good notes here. Even if you don't get the article uh, or don't have the article, we'll actually link to it in our show notes. But um, you, you should really take a closer look at what Mark has to say here, because this this could be a game changer for you, especially as a, a PM in your firm. And you you guys are struggling to land certain projects and you were always wondering why you end up um, second fiddle. And you don't want to do that. You want to be the bell of the ball and not um, somebody left at home. So uh, the first thing, Mark, that you talked about was the importance of doing your homework. Can you, can you elaborate just a little bit on that and why that's so significant? Well, I mean, it's there's nothing particularly profound there, but you need to understand the client, who they are, what their mission is, you know, um, who who they're serving, um, what's important to to the people they're serving, whether it's a government agency or it's a it's a corporation, um, you know what what are the or or it's the end users of the facility. Whatever you're doing, you need to really understand the the needs, and and that takes some research. Yeah, you know, and you can't usually do that by the time the RFP comes out. It's too late. So that's why you need to be spending time doing these things um, in advance getting to really know these clients and what makes people tick and what their hot buttons are and what their, their complaints are with their current service providers. And, and, you know, just knowing the personalities of all the people involved who can either hire you or influence the decision to hire you. Right. It's so critical. Yeah. Yeah. So, and part of that is, I mean, like you said, and you also mentioned just putting your best foot forward is, is, Figure. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but companies do that. Um, they they send people out whoever's available, <laughs> and you know, let's send Chuck. He'll take care. Chuck, of it. Chuck is a great example. I mean, I was just thinking of this guy, and his name was actually Chuck. <laughs> you know, and he just yeah, and I th- and I and I distinctly remember a job they didn't get because they sent Chuck. Yeah, he was not right for the client. Right. And, you know, I, I think we, we got to, again, it, it takes knowing the clients and getting the right people in front of them that they're likely to respond well to. Right, right. And it's just, uh, you know, human nature. It's just smart. I got a friend who owns a car dealership. Do you think they just let anybody wait on anybody? No. When they come on the lot, they decide right then and there, okay, this old guy's driving a pickup truck and got his cowboy hat on, we'll send Bubba Joe out to see him. Right. Then the next guy comes in, he's Indian, he's a Sikh, he's got a turban on. Right. Okay, we're going to send, uh, you know, Marwan to go s- <laughs> serve him. I right, mean, right. it's just, it, you've got to be smart about yeah. it. 
Yeah. And you got to match people up with the right people. Yeah. It it gives you new know. meaning to the word know your audience. It does. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's natural. That's one of the reasons why you got to have diversity in your firm is because your clients aren't all the same. Yeah. And so, you know, but you got to put the best people out there. And, and, you know, and that's a combination of people who may have the requisite design or technical abilities and creativity. That's super critical, obviously. But also people who are good communicators. Right. Right. You right. know, a lot of what we do is just that. I mean, they're just uh, good communicators are so valuable. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and you know, the other thing that comes to mind, and I, I'm always telling people this, we, we do these um, speaking classes for, for young engineers for ACEC, and we're all, I'm always telling them to know your audience, know who you're talking to. Yeah. If you just create a speech or anything that you create and you're just going to deliver it to anyone, well, that's fine, but it's crazy. The, 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 the chances of that impacting your audience is close to nil because you you really aren't speaking to those individuals and what they really require right and every audience is going to be different and Absolutely. so you, you you have to really um kind yeah. of pull that together and make takes, sense of it takes the research and it takes sharing that information with the people who are going to be presenting right that's the other thing i see a huge disconnect companies do all this research and they know a lot and then they don't even pass it down to the people who are actually there. Yeah. It yeah. just doesn't go from marketing to the technical or design staff. Yeah. So it's almost it's, like marketing should, I mean, e- marketing should have a sit down with who, whoever the presentation group is well before this yeah. meeting and kind of go over all of the what issues and what they know. Yeah. Well, marketing and BD. I right. Mean, I consider BD part of marketing. Right. Though. Right. But right. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, and you also mentioned something else that I, I found I found very interesting because it's something that I actually do when I go out and speak. If I can go to an event and speak, I try to mingle around and talk to as many people as possible before I actually speak, just to introduce myself. Because a lot of times it's hard to poo-poo somebody that you actually know. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to piss. You know. You know. Don't want to get mad at them you're like oh man that's yeah. a, i just met him earlier he's such a nice guy you know it's like well you know i've i've seen you do it yeah <laughs> so and, and I mean, it, it, it works it, yeah. it's just you know yeah people then they know you yeah it doesn't take that long yeah you know there's there's a, a, a again i'll take my friend who owns the car dealer yeah guy's brilliant you know he he, he uh it's a fourth generation family owned business he's yep. 32 years old and yeah. he runs it yeah the reason he runs it's because he knows what the hell he's doing yeah but he always says you can't sell anything to anybody unless they know you, like you, and trust you. Yeah. They won't trust you if they don't like you. They won't like you if they don't know you. So for the first two minutes, don't even talk about cars. That's what he tells his people. Well, it's just like that. They need to. That's why if you get out there and you talk with people and you introduce yourself and you maybe ask a couple questions about who they are or where they live or what they do or, you know, they got kids in the school that yours go to, whatever. You've got a chance to build a little commonality real early. Yeah. And then when you get up there in front of them, it's rude. I, I see companies do this all the time. The people are so preoccupied with setting up their projectors and their presentation boards and exhibits. They act like the audience isn't even there. And then when it's time to start, they'd like turn it on. Right. It's, it's it crazy. It seems fake. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. seem real. If you're comfortable enough that you can just go meet people. It's so much more real and authentic. Yeah. And you can actually, and here's, here's a little tip for you listening. Um, you can take it to a whole nother level. If you can figure out a way to weave into your presentation something that you learned from someone that you spoke to prior to the meeting starting. 
Um, I, I did that with, uh, and it was more of a speaking engagement, but I had had a chance to spend some time with the CEO and, um, and the chief marketing officer and the COO of a, of a company that I spoke to is about 160 people in the room. And I was able to kind of take some of the stories they shared with me and weave them into my talk. And it was sure. certainly yeah. more relatable because oh, absolutely. People, were great... like, people were like, oh my God, yeah, this guy knows, he knows us. He knows what we're talking That's about. That's a great tactic. Yeah. A, yeah. I've seen it's... some really good speakers do that yeah yeah and and and, uh, and, and that works so and i understand that yeah. certainly with presentations a lot of stuff is is quote unquote in the can but but be amenable and that's why that's why i think you know just learning how to present in public uh is really is a crucial yeah. skill yeah if it's too canned they can't take the interruptions and questions exactly and and so it's uh i've seen that too where they're yeah. so rehearsed yeah they're so scripted yeah that anything that throws a, a wrench into it the whole thing falls apart like a house of cards yeah yeah so that's that's bad too you know you need to know what your talking points are but you've also got to be comfortable enough and flexible enough to Take a little different direction if it's needed. Yeah. And speaking of which, the next point, this kind of goes nicely into that, is that you need to get as many people as you can involved in this process. Danny or Bob or Sue can't be the only people that Uh, do presentations because Danny, Bob or Sue could be sick. And then all of a sudden you're stuck with Marty and Marty has never stepped foot in front of anybody to do anything. And you just can't have enough of them. You're right. And then the other thing is, too, I think if they're just sitting there not talking and one person's doing all of it, it doesn't seem like a team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't seem like it seems like, oh, shoot, I'm going to have this one person that I have to deal with. There's Nobody else is going to have a brain. That's not a good recipe for a successful project. We need everybody who can think. We need everybody who can act. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is why public speaking is so important for engineers and architects. And I understand that some of you listening to this are are deathly afraid of getting in front of someone and speaking out loud as opposed to, you know, throwing your Beats headphones on and getting behind your computer and doing the work that you normally do. And I, and I'm, I don't, I don't want to over exaggerate here. I know everybody doesn't do that, but the reality (laughs) is that you need to get out of your shell and you need to set yourself up because I believe, especially from a recruiting standpoint, that that there are very few engineers and architects that really set themselves apart, especially in an area of public speaking and presentations. And those that do can pretty much write their own check. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, you're just more valuable. Yeah, totally. And more it's, valuable. it's, it's so important. Yeah. And it's a, a lot of people don't get that. I mean, one of the things we do at the Walton college, if you are in our leadership Walton program, we spend a lot of time on things like public speaking and making presentations and, yeah. table manners and all those things that really differentiate people. Right. You know? Right. And then the next thing you mentioned, and this is something that I talk about um, from a public speaking standpoint, which is not to, I don't really go into talking about me at all. I really don't. I really talk about the, the topic at hand. And so you said that explain, explain your knowledge of the project without going over your resume. Yeah. I think it's the tendency is to, repeat everything that already got you there. Well, here's all our projects. Here's all the projects we've done for the city of Tuscaloosa. Here's all the police stations we've done. Here's all the police station renovations we've done or whatever. And, you know, here's our people, how many have master's degrees and how many have NCARB registrations or whatever. It's all, you know, that already got you there. Mm-hmm. 
Now you need to be talking about their needs specifically and what you understand about what their needs are and giving them some ideas on what they could do. Right. Not holding back on those things. That's critical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You've got to be willing to take a little chance and share your insight and your creativity with the client early instead of just rehashing the facts. And that goes back to the sort of features versus benefits. Right. That was my next, that was my next question, which is, is, is a huge thing. It certainly is a big deal, um, in, in marketing, um, whether online or, you know, marketing in, 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 um, in real life, uh, I think it's just the the option of focusing on um, the benefits versus the features. Sometimes we can get caught up in the features, and it just becomes too much. I don't think people really understand the difference. Yeah. You know, it, it to me, it's 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 the real benefits. The only real benefits you can provide, right, are things you're going to save me time. You're going to save me money. Um, you're going to make me look good. My life's going to be easier. You're going to save me grief somehow. Yeah, yeah, those are the things. It's something that we do directly for you as the client. Yeah. Um, the the problem AE firms we talk about our QAQC process. We talk about our degrees, our registrations, our 27 past stadium projects. All those things are features. We think that that then translates in the client's mind to. We'll save you time. We'll save you money. We'll save you headaches. We'll make you look good, whatever. But it doesn't necessarily. It just means, oh, so you've done 27 projects. Maybe you did 27 crappy projects. (laughs) You know, maybe I hate all your projects. I mean, what are you going to do for me that's different? Yeah, yeah. Um, It really is a problem. Yeah. And and I think, again, this is the same thing that goes into good copywriting for people that are writing for marketing material and business development purposes. Good copywriting focuses on the benefits. They'll talk about the features, but it all leads to benefits. It's the why. Yeah. At the end of the day is the why. Why why is this going to matter to me? Why am I going to, you know, benefit from you doing this work? And you have to explain it. Too much is implied. Yeah. It's not explained. Yeah. And it's it really is a problem. So you also mentioned that, uh, and this is obviously something that is often overlooked, but just the actual physical look of the yeah. of the project materials and what you hand out and so you say don't don't overlook because you've seen too many firms do this overlook the the design process itself yeah just having and, good graphic design and good slides and good pictures and good logos and good typefaces right i mean i you know it's just you, the difference is it looks like it's well done it looks like somebody cares versus uh <laughs> You know, this doesn't look very creative. This looks 20 years old. Right. This looks like it was done by a 10th grader. Um, you know, that's that's the problem. You don't want to have a negative. If it's not there, it's a negative. If it's good, it's not necessarily a positive. But if it's not there, it's definitely a negative. Right, right, right. Yeah. And and I mean, it, that can't be overlooked. And sometimes people get everything else right, but then they just throw in the towel when it comes to the actual physical presentation uh, of the material. And so certainly don't, you know, take time to, to do that. Even if you've got talented people on the team, um, you know, get a good graphic designer. Sometimes we, we are our own worst enemies when we we think, oh, I've I've got some skills in this area. I'll just go ahead and throw it together, and that may not be the best. <laughs> that may not be the F- best. 
solutions. Yeah, so. it's an afterthought with very little time. Uh, it, it, you know, it, you're absolutely right. And yeah. it's so common. Yeah, absolutely. We're, Everybody's busy. Yeah. You know, and nobody's got the time and, to do anything and, right. And we're all guilty of it. And especially those of you out there, and, and, and I'm not looking at anyone in particular, but those of you that know, feel like, um, you know, if I don't do it, no one else will get it done. So um, yep. you've got to trust your team. Um, you, you also mentioned that they should be ready for interruptions. And we talked about that earlier in terms of just being able to deal with, you know, swings in the conversation during the presentation. But why is it important just to just to be ready for interruptions? And because things are going to come up, people are going to have questions. Yeah, things are going to come up. And and you may just touch on something that gives somebody some something to think about or uh, strikes a chord with them that is a complaint or a concern. And so you've got to be ready to address it in a calm way. Never contradict each other by the way, in a presentation. I've seen that too, where someone gets asked a question or where the team is asked a question, somebody responds, and then another team member contradicts that person. Even if they're wrong, you've got to be extremely wary of doing that. Right. You right, know, right. it's just, you can really get yourself in trouble. Yeah. And absolutely. you look bad. Absolutely. So yeah, just, you know, be, just be, be mindful of that. And, and then finally, um, you said that uh, th- this is where we get into the ask, right? You said, tell them why they should hire you. Is this the same as outright asking for the job? You know, asking, maybe it's not asking. That That's just a little bit of a hat in hand move, but because um, you don't want to ever look like you're desperate. Right. But at the same time, again, I don't want to imply these are the reasons why um, uh, you should hire us. You know, I think a lot more specificity, you know, and I've done entire presentations for jobs with huge, you know, uh, eight figure design fees Yeah, where it was based on the entire, uh, uh, presentation was based on why hire us. Yeah. It starts out with why hire us. We tell them the reasons why they should hire us. Then we get into each one of the reasons why they should hire us. And then we tell them at the end again, here's all the reasons why you should hire us. Right. I mean, it takes repetition. Yeah. We think most architects and engineers, if I tell somebody something once, they got it. They didn't get it. You know, that's why marketers send the same message out 10 million times. Because you can't count on people having gotten that message. Right. They may not be paying attention. They may have something else on their mind at that moment. There's there's a million distractions. We're all distracted. So yeah. you've got to repeat. You, you know, that's... But anyway, it's to me, it's like a term paper. It's It's just the classic term paper formula. You know, the introductory paragraph, tell them what you're going to tell them with the, you know, and then tell them in each of three paragraphs what you need to tell them and then tell them what you told them. Right. And you can do that with why hire the firm. Right. It's the same, you know, idea. Yeah. In it's a just, presentation. And it's this whole idea of reinforcement, reinforcing the message and making sure that they get it. And you want to make sure, A, that that message is they should hire you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of here's all our projects, here's all our people, here's our organization, here's our QA, QC process, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Here's all the awards we've won. Right. 
It's, they've already got that. It doesn't work. That's kind of that's like doing presentations based on a we wish mentality. We wish you would hire us, and, yeah, and uh, exactly. that's not what uh, that's not what you want. So, all right. Well, that that's. Um, I think that kind of wraps it up for that one. I, I um, just just as a a, a point of um, going over it uh, again, some of the points that Mark had uh, talked about and discussed, um, and we went over was uh, making sure that you do your homework. Uh, putting your best foot forward. You want to make sure you get out there and introduce yourselves to the selection committee before the presentation actually starts. If you can, you know, get everybody on your team involved in the process of speaking. It can't be just one individual. Um, make sure you explain your knowledge of the project without having to rehash your resume or your, or your firm's abilities. Um, and then explain why the client should hire your firm and talk about benefits versus features, which is really key. Good graphic design is going to be an integral part of any great presentation. Um, certainly you want to be ready for interruptions and know how to deal with them and not be caught off guard. And then finally, tell them why they should hire you. Uh, and we've kind of gone through each of those. And so I really want to encourage you to kind of listen back over um, some of these ideas and points, because I think they can really help you to improve your presentation skills, to improve your um, your close ratio when it comes to uh, getting new projects on board with your firm. It's not rocket science. A lot of times it's just those that execute properly and do it over and over again are going to benefit. So even if eight times out of 10, you land the work that you're trying to land, that I'll take those odds any day. Uh, I mean, listen, you know, Major League Baseball players, as long as they get a hit three out of 10 times, we're happy. So just get there and get consistent about your presentation. Get consistent about how you follow it and and follow these steps. And I think you'll find that, um, as Mark is saying, that you'll you'll have a much greater chance of success in uh, in handling that. So, Mark, we want to thank you again for for just, you know, highlighting, you know, some of your great knowledge. And I know that you've, like, like you said, you, you've been involved in some major presentations, uh, over the years. I mean, multiple millions of dollars, uh, in, in fees up for grabs and, and ha- have had tremendous amount of success. So we appreciate you sharing your knowledge in this area because we know that, um, certainly, uh, with time, it, it, it does gain a perspective that most people don't always have. So I want to thank you for that. And folks, I want to thank you for listening to this Wide Letter podcast. Uh, we are, are in the process of changing a number of things on this podcast. I have gotten some, I've got some great people that will be joining our podcast this year. Um, Dr. Menzer, Pevelin, uh, we've got uh, some great, uh, great individuals, some outstanding marketers that will be joining us. I've got Anthony Fasano from the engineering coach coming on. Uh, we're going to have an amazing year in 2018, and I think you're going to want to stay tuned to this Wide Letter podcast. Remember, it's available, comes out every Friday at 12 noon uh, your local time, and uh, or rather, I think it's 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. But regardless, just uh, stay subscribed to this Wide Letter podcast because 2018 is going to be a banner year when it comes to uh, high quality content that we'll be sharing with you. And again, we appreciate you as an audience. Uh, should you have any feedback or want to write a review, remember you can always do that. And we love five star reviews uh, because it helps us to continue along. And any feedback that you have, we'll take at any point in time. And if this is making a difference in your organization, we want to hear about that too. So uh, we, I constantly get emails from people through LinkedIn and other places 
places that tell us how important these Y Glitter podcasts are. So we're going to keep them coming because we know that you guys are listening. And remember, if you can do another thing for us, just share this with your colleague, the person in the next cubicle, um, the person in the next office, share the Y Glitter podcast with them and let them know um, uh, what we're talking about here. And then finally, last but not least, I really want to encourage you, if you haven't already done so, get your free copy of the Zweig Letter. It's 100% free. Just go to zweiggroup.com, click on the Zweig Letter icon, and sign up. All you need is your email address, and that's it. Every Monday morning, you'll get a fresh, hot-off-the-press copy of the Zweig Letter, and you'll be able to read it electronically, whether you're on a train, on a plane, in your car, only if you're not driving, of course, uh, or in your office. So we really want to encourage you to take part in, in what we're doing here at Zwy Group and um, just check out the the latest issue of the Zwy Letter. Just like Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> they're, they're fresh and hot. They're so good. Yes, they just are. Just like our, our news. That's right. They are right? so good. That's the truth. So, well, listen, folks, we want to thank you again for another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. We will be back with you next week with another great episode. It might be Mark. It might be somebody else. But either way, you will be engaged, encouraged, and educated. You guys have a great day. And remember to continue striving to be the best that you can be. I'm Randy Wilburn, your host, and this is the Zweig Letter Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this Zweig Letter Podcast episode. If you want more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about M&A, strategic planning, HR, and marketing your firm, subscribe now to the digital version of the Zweig Letter free of charge. Just visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe and leave your email address. Your free subscription will begin immediately.